respect to the people of the Woi Wurrung and Bun Wurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations on whose unceded lands the SIN office and studios stand. SIN Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. SIN Media also acknowledges the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which SIN partner organisations stand. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello and welcome to Raise the Platform and this is Huntley. Hello, we are with Huntley today. I'm Huntley RA Band and are going to be telling us about their new album. So Huntley, please tell us about your new album. Hi, thanks for thanks for having us on. Um, and yeah, it's really exciting to be part of the SIN programming. SIN is a radio station that I listen to every day and um, I'm really, yeah, I guess passionate about um, promoting like music and community with young people. So first of all, thank you so much for having us on here and um yeah andy do you feel like you want to give a bit of a <laughs> explanation of our new album sentimental still yeah we just we worked on this record for the past few years um together and apart and finally just got to put it out the other week which was a huge relief but there's still a lot to go <laughs> yeah i feel like you just spoke really well about the title do you want to mm. that a bit yeah, so we titled the album Sentimental Still and I guess that kind of speaks to some of the themes that um, the album really kind of explores in terms of um, I guess ultimately a lot of the songs are about like a commitment to um, connection and intimacy in all its forms, um, particularly particularly like prioritizing and uplifting and platforming like ideas of platonic intimacy. So the idea that like the lifelong love that you have with a friend um, is just as important as, you know, romantic love. And also in thinking about the other side of that, like, you know, friendships ending or like the heartbreak of disconnection when it, when it comes to friendship and those kind of platonic um, intimate connections. I feel like that, that is also a really like big part of this album. And, um, yeah. So I think the, the title is basically summarizing this like affirmation or commitment, um, to connection in all of its forms and like remaining, remaining committed to being in connection, being in community with people. Yeah. Also our, um, tagline for a while was making doof you can cry to so then musically through exploring these things we want to create it's a fairly there's ballads there but it's also a fairly dancey dance oriented record and i guess what we're always trying to do is create a like positive but cathartic space in the song to explore yeah sometimes pretty complex emotions and pretty sad emotions yeah give you a chance to dance it out yeah like always seeing every song on the record we were kind of seeing as a way to achieve that like sense of release or catharsis. Um, so whether that was like a, you know, really uplifting, like um, upbeat dance track or like one of the slower ones. Um, yeah. Being really mindful of music as like a tool for 
um, therapy and, and as a way of like expressing and processing things. Well, that's very interesting. And I think it really talks about how a lot of people really feel that they can in a way connect to music and how music has a very personal and cathartic feeling. And I think that um, I use music a lot as a sort of relaxation tool. I like how it's sort of always the same and sort of follows a pattern. Mm. And I think that's very good as well. Mm. And so how does your lived experience influence your new album? Do you want to go in? No, that's that's a lyric question. That's okay. Cool. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, lived experience is a really like interesting term because we all have we all have lived experience of, you know, of various things, like whether it's those identity things like being queer or being gender diverse and then, you know, the way that that allows you to, the the way that music can be this um, vehicle to like explore and experiment with identity. Um, That's something that I think we both think about a bit. Um, Certainly something that I, that um, I think comes through in, in some of my writing. Andy, is there anything that you feel like is, Yeah, does that kind of touch on anything for you? Mm. Yeah, I mean, lived experiences as like largely doing production on the record, the way all of the ways in which I've experienced music through life, it's it's definitely like yeah, my what happens to me in in my life definitely influences the way I the music that I listen to, the music that I want to make. um, It's definitely a bit more abstract than in a lyrical sense. I mean, yes, that having experienced catharsis through through music has has always has always made me want to do, make music that way. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like a lot of music isn't necessarily made. Well, uh, yeah, everyone music music isn't is an expression of lived experience. I yes, think all good music. Well, and yeah, all music people are expressing. Yeah, what they have. Yeah. Yeah, what they've lived. And, and I guess particularly for when songs are about, um, you know, really tough experiences, it's such a like clear way. It's like, you know, for me, like experiencing mental illness and sometimes feeling like my brain works really differently to other people or like there's something wrong with me, like those kinds of, um, that, that, those kind of like painful experiences. I have always, always used music as the space that I go to um, to reconcile that, to process that, even just to like name that. Um, and it's like I'm, I'm also a music therapist as my like day job. So I think about this so much um, and I think it's really interesting like for me working um, with children and young people who have experienced trauma um, as my day job it's then interesting to then like finish work and then be doing music as my like outside of work hours thing. And that's where I go to do that. That's like music is where I go to, you know, process my own trauma and my, my own experiences. So like, I think that is something that like in the last couple of years has been huge for me and thinking about, okay, if I'm going to do this as a job, then like, what does it look like to do it also in my personal life? And then what does it look like to do that alongside another person? Like I'm not doing it in a therapy room. Um, like I see a 
therapist um, and we do like regular talk therapy, like with a psychologist. But um, then, you know, Andy and I come together and, and make music and it's often, you know, music that uh, is, yeah, quite obviously like talking about like grief or like pain or, you know, these like experiences of like feeling broken or like there's something wrong with me. And so it's interesting being like putting, having music as the place to put that in and then also like being witnessed by another person and then like making a song out of that with another person. I also try to, yeah, as not a lyric writer, it's obviously a very obvious way, not obvious, but like immediate way to explore and name things trying to do that through abstract sound also is what I was really trying to explore. And like anytime, yeah, understanding what Ellie was trying to explore lyrically and trying to mirror and emphasize and build upon that through the sounds that we used um, was a really important part of making this as well. We got a bit off from lived experience, but. Yeah, but I feel like it's, <laughs> it's connected. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, like right now, <clears throat> we've just put out this album and we're playing, like we played on the radio this morning and we're playing at a record store tonight and we're playing at a festival tomorrow. And there's all of this, you know, like music stuff to do and this like publicity stuff. And I have also um, experienced like a, he- a hearing impairment over the weekend. I had what's called sensory neural hearing loss and it could be permanent. Um, And so like right now I'm in this like quite hectic um, period of being like, whoa, what would it be like to not have the hearing on my right side? Like at the moment I can't, I can't hear on my right side. And it's like, okay, we're going to go to rehearsal today and we're going to play a gig tonight and we're going to play a festival tomorrow. And it's like, suddenly like the way that I hear and experience all of the auditory world and like the world of our music is really different. So I think like, I don't know, this stuff like lived experience is so in flux, right? Like something can happen at any point that changes the way that you see the world or the way that you hear the world or the way that you experience the world. So yeah, that's like a really um fitting question for right now because i feel like it's it is totally up in the air for me right now and um i think that a lot of people do find that acquiring a disability at a as at at like a later age and not being born with it does really impact because you sort of experience what it's like to be both disabled and not disabled and i think that you know losing losing or hearing i would find that to be very difficult and I think that it is a very different experience in being born with it. And I think people who do um, acquire a later age do miss the, the time before they were disabled. Yeah. Yeah. And of course it like just orients you towards like the different experience of, you know, people in the world. Like I guess I've I've always been mindful around different like aspects of accessibility and like really seeing that as like a never ending, like you never get to the point where you're like, yes, I do everything in a way that is mindful of accessibility. But I do think, um, you know, like hopefully you're, you're always improving. You're always learning more around like, um, yeah, how to make 
how to make, say, your like music or, you know, your platform online, like how to make that more accessible, how to like maximize accessibility. But then something like this, suddenly I'm thinking so much about like different, um, you know, yeah, accessibility measures and how they would be, um, yeah, how they, I don't know, might be really important to me for the rest of my life in terms of like captioning or, um, you know, yeah, I feel like I often think about, you know, how audibly people speak and or like mumbling, you know, like my housemates, for example, like one of my housemates just mumbles all the time. And I've always known that, but now I'm like, I, I can't participate in this conversation while you're mumbling because I can't hear you. And it's made me, yeah, just think about, I don't know, how I move through the world. Um, yeah. And, and how, I don't know, suddenly these, these things that might be on some people's mind, hopefully they're on more people's mind as we like, you know, as we learn more and get better and as there are, you know, more like technological advances that can enhance accessibility. But yeah, it's interesting being like, oh, suddenly like I need that thing that I just thought about as like a good thing. Now it's more like necessary to me. Tell us about the creative process of making an album. This one's going to speak to me because I do have a performance background. I actually have a degree in theatre of all things. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... Andy, you can probably... Probably not. Uh, well, yeah, maybe theatres like... I know, there's no point trying to relate it. That's not the question. Um, this record, yeah, we were working on for like three years. I feel like it was like two years of the actual like writing and and it was the two years of through lockdown. So it was a pretty different process, like in that so much of it was like, hey, I've uploaded this to the Google drive. And then like Andy's at their house downloading it from the Google drive. Whereas like other times we would just be together. Um, But were we a traditional rock band or something of sorts where you, you know, need to be in a room together playing acoustic instruments, we wouldn't have been able to make this like that we could, that it is largely computer and recorded based stuff. Like, yeah, it was a real blessing through the past couple of years. Yeah. The songs, I feel like, you know, something that we've always done, I guess, in Huntley is the songs can start through a few different ways. It's not like every single song has the exact same process. So, like, on this album, for example, there were, like, three or so songs, two two songs that I started writing in 2019 and that then we, like, spent years, like, just like rewriting, fine tuning, like doing so much, doing so much work on them. Whereas like um, other songs, you know, were a lot quicker. And, and then there were some songs that like, I guess maybe for the first time ever on this record, there was this one song that like Andy had written a song and then I was trying to fit like lyrics and melody, like on top of that, which I like found quite difficult and I was like, oh my God, I can't, like, I can't do this. I don't know how to like um, attach a a musical, like a a lyrical and like vocal story onto an existing song because usually like my vocals start when I'm like sitting at the piano and I'm writing them at the same time. So 
yeah, it's interesting, like some of the songs having like a really different process. Mm. And then it was just a matter of like, you know, being both in our separate studios and like doing little bits of work and uploading, uploading it online. And then when we could be together, it's like sitting, sitting in the room, choosing like sounds or like choosing the right vocal take. Um, and then being, yeah, in the studio recording, re-recording Andy spending so much time, like on the, on the production side of things. Whereas like I, I might've spent a lot more time, like playing different chords on the piano and being like, okay, should this chord progression like happen here or should it go to this one? And, you know, so I think we, we both have that work that we do independently um, and that will really put a lot of like independent thought, like this is my thing and I, I want to like get the exact right sound. And then like, yeah, us both having our version of that. And then, and then the time of like coming together and doing the, the work together and like, yeah, say, choosing the right take or yeah yeah and i guess different to say maybe a theater production where you have sort of one overall story i don't know how how doing productions i don't i don't do theater but having it broken up into 10 songs mm. it's it's somehow yeah it's actually this record i think particularly the the whole picture took probably the longest mm. to come and we threw out quite a lot of songs that, yeah. that that were good but then we were like they don't they don't fit they don't fit yeah which was a the first time we really got to do that yeah as a band also which was really nice yeah like having songs having like quite a few songs but being like hmm does that fit and then having to decide no and like put it away just because it didn't fit with the whole yeah the whole picture and then on the other side, also having the um, the thing of like, we need a song like this. We need like, there's a there's a gap here. We need like, we need a track that can like fill that gap. So yeah, I guess the it was it, the whole process was like pretty intentional in thinking about like, yeah, the whole. But but the whole kind of uncovers itself as you go, mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe a theatre play where the. You know, if the script is there to begin with, you know what the narrative is, you yeah. know what you're saying. We were sort we of uncovering what we were saying yeah. as we were making it, which, yeah. which was really interesting. Yeah. Be nice to go in the opposite way maybe next time. Yeah. Know what the album's about and then make yeah. it. But um, So how do you record your music? Um, do you work with a producer? Are you self-produced? Use your recording studio? Do you have a home recording studio or anything of that sort? Yeah, we produce it ourselves. We record it ourselves, which is really great. We had our friend Tristan Hoogland, who now lives in Los Angeles and is a big, big boy, big LA boy, um, mixed it. And then, um, uh, so we really love the music of Erica DeCazier and also Smurz and found the person that mastered their music who mastered ours um but the rest of the all the pre that post-production stuff yeah we all do ourselves and do again yeah as ellie said we recorded the vocals for each song probably like three or four times over 
And each time we kind of knew each one was a demo. We just kind of keep demoing and keep building and keep adding things and making things. And then at some point, it's a pretty abstract feeling, but at some point you're like, oh, it's it's done. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess um, the the production side of thing is like not where my skills lie, but that's where we're a pretty good pair in that that's exactly where Andy's skills lie. And they like, they produce music for other artists and like do that professionally, like as their full-time job. So like, if I was just writing the songs myself, I would, if I was just like writing and then like, I, w- I would need a producer to like hand it over to, but because we like work together, we can kind of be doing that like back and forth all, all the time. And, um, like I, I've definitely like learned some skills and there were some tracks on the album that I did more of the production stuff on, but like, ultimately I think my focus is really on like the story and the, and the music, like the, you know, like the notes, um, yeah, like the, the keys on the keyboard or the notes like of, you know, a little, a little melody and thinking about that kind of story and writing that. Whereas like the technical side of things is just like, not, not something that I have any skill in. Whereas like, that's exactly where Andy's skills lie. So it's where I guess hopefully like a nice like complementary like balance between us. But yeah, Andy is like mostly just doing all of the production work. Now I do have some questions that do refer to disability. Mm. So you've had you've had an issue you've um you've become deaf in one of your you're partially deaf in one of your ears. Um how has that affected your music? It's it's hard to say right now because it's so fresh. Um, but yeah, I think that bit, like you were saying before about you know when when you acquire a disability, you have that like you have that memory. Um, and so for me right now, it's just a bit um, it's a bit of a like weird time because I'm like, oh, I'm I know how this should sound, but it sounds. really really like muffled and I'm kind of I already feel like I've got used to it but then occasionally I'm like I feel really emotional when I'm like listening to you know I was like in the car listening to music the other day and I was like just how different it sounded I just felt like you know just burst into tears because I was like oh my god it sounds it sounds so different um and that just yeah, made me really emotional. We haven't played like a proper gig yet, so I don't know how that's going to be, but like um, I do know that, I don't know, like I think if I was just doing this on my own, I think it would feel a lot scarier. But like having someone who's like a lifelong best friend next to me, I feel, um, I don't know, very supported and like like I could be like, oh, my God, this is sounding crazy, like let's just stop this is sounding yeah wild let's let's stop or let's change something and andy would just like be there so i'll start singing <laughs> yeah yeah maybe andy will have to take over the the vocals yeah it, it feels sounds really different to sing it sounds really different listening to music um but yeah, it's so it's like it's very uh 
in flux right now. So I don't think I can say like a definitive, this is what it's like. Because I think, it, you know, it'll feel different today. It'll feel different tomorrow. So I think a big part of being or acquiring instability later in life is just the uncertainty of it. Yeah, it's it's very scary. And I think, you know, I've, I, I remember listening to um, or I, I went to a panel, I think, related to disability and, like, accessibility in the music industry. And it was years ago and... It was like a disability advocate talking about how disability is one of the aspects of identity that you can acquire like at any second. It's like, you know, someone can have something happen to them that they have no control over and their life will look really different within like a moment, whereas things like um, race or gender or class, like they're, you know, they're quite different to that. So I think you know, disability is, you know, it's also something that like as if people are lucky enough to, you know, age into really old age, they they will experience disability. And, you know, as, as you get older, like it's very normal and common to acquire like chronic health issues. And, you know, it's it's amazing how little we think about and consider disability and accessibility when it is something that impacts you know most people at some point in their life um so yeah that's something i've been thinking about a lot and i've got one final question Hmm. what is your favorite part about being huntley (laughs) most of my relationships these days being a musician are musical so honestly it's hanging out and being (laughs) friends and still still being friends and still being able to work together and spend time together in the context of also creating things like yeah yeah. creation in friendship is really special yeah um yeah it's probably my favorite part yeah i would say the same and and i think that's something that any like creative practitioner can relate to whether it's like if if you're able to do your art with other people, whether that's making music with other people or putting on like a theatre production or like, I don't know, one of our mutual best friends works in comedy and like, or yeah, I think about like acting and, and those those creative fields where you are not only like building connection with people but you're creating something and it's like a part of you and it's, you know, it's it's internal and it's also external because it's like Andy and I can hold our vinyl, we can hold our record and be like, this is us, like this is what we did together. Um, and then we can also play it and, you know, have to, you know, have people moved by that external thing that you've created together. That is just, that's the best, like having people be like, you know, Oh my God. You know, like when people message us like on Instagram or whatever, and like, I think we got a message recently that was like, oh, your, your last um, record, the song low grade buzz from your last record, like got me through a breakup. And now this new song, my limits, which is on our new album. um, Yeah. Someone was like low grade buzz got me through my last breakup. And now I've just had this other like a new like horrible heartbreak and I'm just listening to my limits on repeat and just like you know connecting to it so much and I'm like that is just 
such a, I don't know, such a privilege and like such an honor to get to make music that people connect to and, um, yeah, to do that with, with, you know, people that you care about and like get to play shows and like, I don't know, adventure together. And it's also, it's really hard work. Like, yeah, it's really hard work with not a lot of like material reward. Like we're not, you know, we're not doing this to make money. (laughs) Um, so yeah, the, the connection and the like care and the support that you build between you when you're like making something together is like, yeah, it's life changing. Mm -hmm. I think you should listen to Sentimental Still if you want to feel something, if you want to um, explore some of the milestones and um, big emotional moments in life that we don't typically celebrate. Um, So, you know, I think like as, as you get older and friends like buy a house or get married or like have children or those kinds of like normal milestones that we see and celebrate, um, that's great, but there are also other milestones in life that, um, you know, that I think are worth celebrating and that are worth paying attention to. And, um, I guess it's an album for people who think about that stuff. It's an album for people who are obsessed with and in love with their friends, um, and who want to celebrate like platonic intimacy, Um, and, you know, or if you are having like a heartbreak or something ending with a friend and you want an album that kind of explores those themes rather than, you know, most music that just explores the heartbreak of romantic love. Um, this album has a lot of songs that, yeah, maybe explore those less, less attended to, um, relationships and dynamics. So, yeah, and it's got a bit of everything musically. You know, it's like experimental R&B. It's got a couple of ballads. There's like more UK dance music, like UK garage and like um, drum and bass and those kinds of influences musically. So if you're into any of that, um, give it a listen. Do you want to be a radio star? Well, you can. Join Sin and get involved in radio, TV, podcasting and online. Visit syn.org.au forward slash get involved to find out more.